Hello and good morning. This is Nash Gabriel from the Gabriel Cancer Center. This is Good Medicine is Cheaper Medicine. And this is going to be a weekly program, right? And with me is Shelly Ridge. Shelly is the administrator of the Gabriel Cancer Center. Shelly, this is our first program. What do you have to say? I think it's a very good idea to expose a lot of um, what's out there in medical economics. There's a lot of things that are happening um, in this day and age with the economics of the, the, the medical side of healthcare. And I think that it's important for the public to be aware as, as far as uh, public as well as patients and physicians and healthcare providers. Okay, Shelley, at the Gabriel Cancer Center, I, I try to distance myself from talking to patients about any finances. How, how familiar do you think is the average American patient or family member with the complexity of the economics, of the Medicare economics, let's call it? On a scale of uh, 1 to 10, where 1 is absolutely no knowledge and 10 being a lot of knowledge, yes. I would say a 2. A 2. Yeah. How knowledgeable you've been working with GCC for the last 20 years. Before that, you, you owned a business that has nothing to do with medicine, typesetting or whatever it was, right? How much knowledge did you have then? Although, admittedly, 20 years ago, um, it wasn't that complex, was it? No, it wasn't. But at least I had, I had a lot of um, family members who were in medicine. So your mother, your sister. Right. So I should have had some knowledge. But once I started uh, 20 years ago, I, you really woke me up. Uh, had no idea what was going on behind the scenes and what actually drove healthcare. So for the listeners, uh, they might wonder why us do this program. Yeah, we want to do something good for the community. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, most people buy that. But why us specifically? Can you give us an example? Why are we doing this? That's a loaded question. Okay. Take it piece by piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, I think that stemming from your book, Good Medicine is Cheaper Medicine, it brings up a lot of different arenas in the healthcare world um, that people just don't even know separately, yet alone put them all together. And with your background of, of being in several different countries, being in healthcare, and putting them all together in a book, and me actually helping, you know, with the editorial of the book, um, it makes sense that the two of us get together and kind of explain both sides. You on the the clinical side, which has been multi-country, and me on the business side, and we that we do a good job of keeping them separate yet coming together, making sure everything works. Complemented with that, or complementing that, is the fact that we own and run a cancer center, which is a complex medico-economic operation, right? Right. I mean, we buy very expensive drugs, and we deal with patients, and we deal with insurances, and we have seen the last few years how much uh, more load is put on the patients in terms of the cost, used to be in the old days, insurance will almost pay everything, and now there is the out-of-pocket and there is the copay and all that. And our experience with our cancer has been very, very useful in that. In addition, of course, my involvement nationally in many, many organizations like um, the board of trust, uh, directors for organizations that actually negotiate drug pricing with drug companies. Um, you have been consultant with so many marketing people. And so... 
I'm just trying to, 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 to tell the public that I think we have what it takes to, to give an opinion in addition to the book, Good Medicine, Cheaper Medicine. Um, and, and we wish that we'll be able to be constructive and helpful to the public in, in all areas of healthcare issues, specifically with the cost. And we'll be as honest as we can with this. There will be no political correctness. We'll say it the way it is, right? We might hurt a lot of people. Um, you know way. what? Uh, we, we kind of believe in saying it the way it is. I think we have one example of a leader in this country who does that, right? Just say it the way it is. Because I think the public appreciate that more than scripted or tele, teleprompter statements made just to... We don't want to tell people what they want to hear. We'd rather tell the people what we know is going on in the society. So it's going to be um, an interesting run, and um, we will try our best to be very, very helpful and useful to the society. But, Shelley, before we start talking about medical economics, there is an urgent matter that just surfaced two days ago, and that is the threat, or actually the decision to close Affinity Medical Center. What do you think about that? Number one, I, I really wasn't surprised because I've been having some dealings with with um, directly with the the hospital itself and a billing person locally, uh, as well as the billing people who are insane elsewhere. And when I heard the news, I kind of was not surprised at all that the, the, the operation the, the hospital war, was run very inefficiently. Exactly. They, they, they despite the fact they have good docs, good nurses. And they're at full capacity. And the full capacity? And more procedures than normal. And yet, they were losing money, supposedly. Correctly. I like the way the mayor, Maslin mayor yesterday, Kathy, when she put it in a letter, supposedly losing money. I was skeptical whether they're losing money or they, they, they are pretending they're losing money. From the examples I heard from you, from the examples I heard yesterday when you had the meeting with the city council, um, that there seemed to have been some inefficiency in it, right? And, and here we are, we talk about that one of the major um, contributors to healthcare costs is hospitals, and yet there is a hospital that is closing not because they don't have business. Actually, all three hospitals in the area have full capacity in the last two, three weeks because of the flu season, it's winter time. Fact is, we need hospitals to be able to absorb the worst case scenario in the society. So Affinity has 156 beds. I don't think the other two hospitals can absorb that during that crisis. Remember, crisis can be flu season. God forbid, it could be a nuclear attack by North Korea. It can be a, a, a flood. It can be anything. And we have to be prepared for that. The sad thing is, despite the fact that this hospital had a good open heart program, they have a very good orthopedic program, their, their statistics is very good, they're losing money. And the people of West Star County are going to suffer because of this. Think of the void. I mean, we were discussing last night at, at the um, council meeting, the void of patients who have to urgently be seen. And in the time to be seen, especially for stroke or heart attack, you take affinity out of the situation and you've got people going an extra 15, 20 minutes to get to a hospital. That alone is just horrible against the safety of the people. Yes. And, and yet at the same time, there were people in the, in the council, city council, who were raising concerns about the cost of care at Affinity, that they were, that it was expensive. 
You see the dichotomy in all this? In any area, in one, in one side they are charging too much. On the other side, we discover that they are not collecting much. Which creates a scenario where there are some people who are paying more than what they should. And there are some people or insurance or payers, whatever, who are not paying their fair share because of the poor management. If you think about all that, there can be a remedy for this. But let me, let me, let me ask you one question. If this hospital was owned by local businessmen, dare they give four weeks notice to close it? They will be lynched. Not many people in the community. Now, unfortunately, the owners are, in fact, the quorum, the owners, is registered in Delaware and operating in Tennessee, and they made the decision from there. In fact, the CEO here, who is employed by quorum, when I requested a meeting with him, he was instructed by his bosses not to meet because he has no... De- Can you imagine? Think about it. If we, the community, owned it, whether it was a city, a bunch of investors or physicians, do you think if I was owning this hospital and I was losing money, I would dare to close it in four weeks and look people in the eye and say, that's a business decision? I'd be very careful because I live here. You would be toast. I'd be toast. And rightly so. But I was talking to Congressman Gibbs a while ago, and he talked to the, own, to the, to the owners in Tennessee. And, and, and you know what? We both reached one conclusion that, you know, they, they are businessmen in Tennessee. They are not Macedonians, right? They are not Ohioans. And we have to accept that. They made a business decision. We can blame them. We can call them this, uh, the Scrooges of the earth. We can call them all the bad names. Fact is, they are businessmen. When the city of Massillon sold the hospital to, before that to Akron General and then to them, they knew very well. The people in Massillon knew that the people who bought the hospital, they bought for one reason, not to provide better care to West Star County. It was to make money. So none of them should be shocked and none of them should be acting patriotic. Oh my gosh, they're hurting people. You know what? What do you say? You lay in the bed you make. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this is time for us, the community, to take charge. No more of these foreigners, foreigners meeting people from other states, coming here and run the health care of our people and actually compromise the well-being of our population. And that's what we plan to do. Any thoughts? It's a big undertaking, but I think that that's what the, that's what the area needs. Um, it's been done in other areas before where, where um, physicians and business owners actually own hospitals, and I think that um, it's too soon to really know actually all the details. I don't know if we have enough statistics on those, but to me it only makes sense. You know, the one thing I was thinking of as you were talking um, was how upset one of the physicians who we've been you know communicating with on on purchasing the hospital. He was upset that they don't come to him, meaning quorum or anyone, about denials. You know, a lot of physicians say, oh, I hate working, you know, having to write appeal letters and things like that. Yet here he is complaining ever since quorum took over, no one has approached him about doing an appeal or trying, you know, working any type of denials. That's what tells me that we need to take over. If a physician is complaining that he is not involved with the billing, then this is when the physicians need to become involved. Yeah, Shari, you are bringing a very, very good point, and this is more of a philosophical point. Philosophical, philosophical meaning, 
uh, America, in America, 70% of, an employ- of employment is done by small businesses, which means small businesses are still the essence of the, this, this great engine of our economy. In fact, there was an article in Wall Street Journal two weeks ago. They were saying that actually Germany is doing so well um, compared to other Europeans is because they don't have as many mega, mega, mega companies. They, they are more mom and pop even uh, some of them are two, three billion dollars companies. Point you're making, and I'm trying to explain to the to the to the to the public is, bigger is not always better. You, from your experience, you deal with tax managers from all over the country. Some of them manage 200 physicians. Some of them manage 10. And you talk to them, and when you look into metrics like how long patients wait cost of the care, access to the care, hands down, right? The small ones always are better than the big ones. Yeah, it brings up a, a thought that I was, you know, when I w- were part of a model that we'll get into, it into in, in another series um, uh, called the Oncology Care Model. But when I met for the first time with all the other practices, the 196 practices around the U.S., we were all meeting together. And it was our first meeting, and we're all sitting down in, in little round tables of 10. And we had these challenges, these questions that were shot at us and said, okay, how are you going to uh, get better access to your patients? How are you going to have uh, doctors on call? And how are you going to be able to see your patients sooner, right? So we already were doing everything they wanted us to do. And by half an hour into it, the people at my table said, she, this solo practitioner administrator needs to get up in front of all of us and let us know how she did it because the rest of us can't even begin to grasp the idea. So this is where smaller is actually better. And that goes back to, to the, the, what we think is the, one of the reasons why Affinity failed. In the first two years after Quorum acquired Affinity, they were in the black. Affinity was making money. After they opened the heart program, they really were making money. Then, two years later, Quorum decided that the billing from now on will be done in Tennessee. And there was this huge disconnect. Now, Quorum, for the public to know, they own 31 hospitals, right? Right. Their net uh, revenues, I don't know how many billions a year. And once that happened, it's been red, red, red meaning, red meaning losing money every single year. It's really interesting, as I uh, mentioned yesterday during the, the council meeting, the American Hospital Association, which is the body that represents the, all the 4,800 American hospitals, that association released their financial information three days ago, exactly Friday, the day when Affinity was announced to be closed. They said in 2016, American hospitals generated $73 billion in net profit in 2016. In 2017, it was 78 billion. So 78 minus 73, 5 billion. Divide by 75, multiply by 100. You're talking about 7% growth in net income in one year. And this includes hospitals that some of them are full half capacity. Some of them have half as services. You're talking about affinity, capacity, Open heart program that is we're doing very well orthopedics and they're losing money. There can be only two explanations: either they're run by dumb people or they're run by very mischievous people. 
I'm still in between. I mean, every single statement I hear, mm, they're dumb. No, they're mischievous. No, they're dumb. I'm more leaning now towards the dumb side. Because you just cannot be mischievous enough to look like dumb. You know what I mean? Right. But the only thing that's interesting about Quorum is they're selling six other hospitals right now. Right. Why are they just shutting the doors on this one? And you also mentioned that you read on their website back in September they had... Their, their corporate, their, their board decided to protect the executives if the com- corporation... If there's a t- takeover, yeah. Uh, the takeover. So there's something going on there. Um, their stock is dropping. Although their finance seemed that they were doing, do, doing well, I, I think I'm getting gradually more and more convinced that it was bad manage, management. And why is that important? Because as an investor, I want to be invested in buying this hospital with other people. It would be good investment. I'm not going to be here, um, uh, a patriotic guy, and say, I'm going to spend a million dollars to save West Dark County people. I will not say that. I will do this as a good business venture, and I'm getting convinced that it actually will be profitable. From talking to other physicians, me going there once in a while to the hospital, from talking to everybody else, I think this would be a good investment. I'm, I'm, I'm convincing many other docs to do the same. I think... The businesses, the business owners in, in West Star County or the rest of the county are more than vested to be part of this because we don't want a monopoly of two hospitals. We need to, the way to control expenditure is to have more free market. So that's number one, <clears throat> right? Um, I also don't want a free to be bought by another outside entity. That's enough. We had it. And we had a bad, bad experience. And we are big boys. I mean, this is a good, well-to-do town. I think we have enough uh, patriotic people in this town that they, they, they want to have control. And we have, many of us have money. And hopefully we'll be able to pull this one through. You know, just thinking about the city council meeting last night and listening to the nurses and other staff members of Affinity, they are just so distraught right now and to hear this one poor nurse said you know in two weeks i won't have any income that to me strikes a uh, strikes something in my heart that's like i know you want to do it as a business and others do but it also is good for the other side so if if there's a nurse that finally starts getting a paycheck again or doesn't have to suffer that downtime she's going to know who owns who's paying her paychecks and so it actually goes back to the physicians, back to the, the investors of, oh, well, you know, uh, this business, this company is part owner of our hospital and it's part of my paycheck. What is, what's that going to do? That's going to have those people who are actually, those 800 people who are working there, actually supporting the businesses and physicians who are part of their paycheck. Yes. I think everybody knows by now that the way capitalism works, and I'm a capitalist, the way capitalism works if I invest and make, I make money, a lot of people will benefit. If I keep my money stuck in the bank, I am depriving people of jobs and, stupidly enough, depriving myself of making profit. And I do believe that us acquiring the hospital will be the best thing we can do. Um, and I'm, I'm very optimistic. I have asked 10 physicians to be co-investors. Nine said yes. I have asked only one business owner, and him and his wife are seriously, seriously considering it, updating them every day. Um, we have a meeting tonight. We're meeting for medical staff, and soon we will try to, to meet with the, with the owners. 
we need to save this thing. It just cannot close down. And from, for me, from, from a business point of view, this is a golden opportunity for me to make money. Plus, as you know, Shelley, we have some vested interest in the viability of the hospital. Because you and I and somebody else have this business of primary care clinics at the factories and affinity is a critical part of the service we provide. It's our preferred hospital. Yes, they, because they are, they provide better rates. Yeah. And that's why our customers, the owners of these big companies, will be interested in being co-investors because they know affinity closes, open and mercy will name the price. I don't like that. I don't like any business interaction where one side has the upper hand and the other side has no choice. Choice is important. And think about the void that it's going to create as well. If this hospital disappears, so are the doctors. And how many doctors are not going to stay in this community? The estimate was 300, which means 300 big homes will be vacant. Talk about the real estate value. That's not good for the economy. There are 300 nurses, right? Actually, the city of Maslin collects $680,000 a year in taxes from the employees. Of course, over the last eight years, the city has collected zero taxes from the hospital because it's losing money. Ironically, a patient told me today, one of my patients, he said, do you find it ironic that they decided to close it this year? I said, no, it's like they decided this year. He said, no. This is the beginning of the seventh year since they took over the hospital, they, since they start losing money. The law states you can tax deduct your losses up to seven years after that. You cannot do that. Interesting. This is a patient who told me that. Actually, as a guy is a fighting guy. I said, oh, my gosh. I said, are you a lawyer? He said, no, I owned businesses before. I know how it works. That's a very useful piece of information, which makes me shift more from the mischief into lack of intelligence. On the or lack lack of competency on the on the side of quorum, because indeed they were incompetent all these years, and they couldn't figure out maybe how to make this run. You know what? We can. When I looked at the numbers yesterday, you have to be a moron not to realize that this is actually a gold mine, business wise. And when the community benefits, when the nurses keep their jobs, when the doctors stay in town. This is win, 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 win scenario. And I'm hoping we'll get more support. Uh, I know every, every, every politician and every influential person in town is very much behind this, including the mayor of Maslin and many of the docs, and hopefully we'll be able to pull this one through. The only problem we have is we have a very, very short window because it takes a while to get all these people together, to get the bylaws and to get the to agree right on the shares and so on. So we're working on that. I will not expose any information because I just had uh, a teleconference with Congressman Gibbs, and he's going to help us with that. And not only, uh, even when you do finally get that, um, the bylaws and everything created and everybody on board, think about on the other side. You can't just, like, flip the switch back on and start seeing patients. You have to go through the whole credentialing process. It's, it's not going to be an easy thing because now it's a new owner. You have to go through the credentialing process of all the insurances, typically takes between 60 days to six months. So it's, it's not going to be an easy process, but I think it has if, to if be we done. Go, yeah, Shelley, if we go the route of closing the hospital and buying the building, then it will be a nightmare. Six months off, you're right. 
number one CON, how many beds we can get, and the state has to approve that, and you go on and on. The thought is that we bite as a functioning hospital that next day you flip ownership rather than close the door and then start a new business model because that will be a real problem. I can't imagine how it would affect the ability for patients to be seen within a timely fashion because, I mean, you take that many uh, physician practices that are owned now by the hospitals, which I feel sorry for them that that happened, but they're now only, they're going to disappear and um, can't be seen right away. The access is going to be extremely daunting to get a, an appointment. It already is now. But yeah, and you heard the one physician saying yesterday that there's people who were not replaced in her practice. So she's had to turn away lots of cases. So we just have to get this resolved. There was bad management. What I also heard, what we heard yesterday and the day before, is that when, 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 when revenues were, were dwindling, the first thing they did was lay off some nurses. I mean, how intelligent can you be to do that? You actually lay off the people who are actually doing the work. So when, when they start laying off nurses and other staff, cleanliness was less or supposed to be less, the care is less, and that will, people say, my, my son Paul always says, when business is bad, invest more in marketing. For a hospital, the best marketing is the quality of care you That's provide. Right? right? It, it just doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, that is a window of opportunity. I wish we had more time because we, we, we're running out of time. But we have one challenge to face, and that is the unions. It is a challenge that, in fact, we're going to address it maybe tonight in the meeting. The unions can be a problem and um, we'll not talk about it any more details because I think we're running out of time, right? Um, but it was great talking about this, uh, Shelley. I'm sure every single hour there will be a change, but I just want to assure everybody else that we're trying the best we can, absolutely the best we can, to make this stay open to the public. Thank you all. You've been listening to Good Medicine is Cheaper Medicine from WHBC. I'm Nash Gabriel from the Gabriel Cancer Center. With me is um, uh, Shelly Rent. She is the administrator there. Um, Shelly, maybe it's time that um, I know I talked nonstop in the last half an hour. Could you tell us a little bit about something a little bit different, which is the Liberty Clinic that we opened about two years ago? Right. Now, the Liberty Clinic... Um, Patients actually now have the freedom to choose their primary care and having a high-quality, low-cost primary care, having great access and not having to wait for weeks to get in to be seen at uh, a primary care. We all know, you know, you have a sick child or you're sick and you can't get into work. You call to try to get a, uh, into a physician's office and it could be days until you get in. So the Liberty Clinic is actually there to have greater access at high-quality and low-cost. You would say that the Liberty Clinic actually speak, uh, speak in the language of good medicine is cheaper medicine. Okay. And whenever medicine is cheaper, it's actually better access. Yeah. To me, when there is limited access, people get sick. And that's why we keep fighting. What do we do to make people more accessible to, to healthcare? And Liberty Clinic is doing that because we, our staff, our providers see them the same day or within 24 hours. The Liberty Clinic is located at 4875 Higby Avenue in Canton. Phone number 330-236-9023.